Friends, do you love crowdbreaker games? Do you love icebreakers, crowdbreaker games? Are you ready? Okay, wait, I'm not going to do that to you right now. I saw some fear out here, a little bit of fear, but let me tell you about my favorite icebreaker game. You know the game of rock, paper, scissors, right? So it's rock, paper, scissors, cheer style. So fun, right? So two people pair up. They play best two out of three rock, paper, scissors. Whoever wins, you find another group of two. You stay together, and the winners of each of those groups play rock, paper, scissors, but the person who didn't win becomes your cheer squad. So they start yelling your name, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. And then whoever wins that game, you become a group of four. You find another group of four. The winners play each other. And again, Denise, Denise, Denise. We're cheering for everybody. So by the end, the whole crowd is yelling two people's name as it comes down to it. And it is so much fun. Are you ready? No. Just joking again, just joking. The introverts in the room are like, okay, I'm sneaking out the back right now. But it gets everybody amped up. We get to know different names, meet different people, and it is so much fun. I remember another crowdbreaker game I did way back in high school in student council. Um, they called a bunch of people forward, didn't say what we'd be doing, but they had two by fours lined up with duct tape underneath of them. I was like, that's weird. And they said, stand on the two by four where there's duct tape. So we all stood there, and then somebody came and taped the two by four to our foot four of us standing on two two by fours and then they said ready set go and we had to get to the other side of the gym trying to learn how to walk with two by four stuck to our feet and all moving together and let me tell you it was chaos but it was so much fun and silliness not as much fun for those of us that fell over but a little bit of fun for all those people who were watching so maybe you've done some of these maybe you've participated in crowd breaker games team building exercises maybe with work or with a group that you belong to because these types of activities bring us together we share in experiences they help build you up. Maybe it's even just for individual experience, like a ropes course or an obstacle course that might seem really daunting and overwhelming to start with. But as you get through it and your teammates are there cheering you on, by the end, you are filled with this renewed sense of vision and identity of who you are. It's building you up and encouraging you to come out stronger on the other side. Now, these things can be really fun or, again, like really scary for us introverts, terrifying at first, but they bond us. They unify us. They help bring us together around often a vision, mission, and values of an organization, of a business, of a church. And generally, they create this energy, this fun, and I often remind people that a shared experience leads to a shared story which leads to a shared identity. Really good things, especially here in the church, right, as we want to come together. So these great experiences, these types of crowdbreaker, icebreaker games can lead to that. They can help us know our mission, vision, and values. And as good as it is, that can't be the end. That can't be the end. Because in reality, when we gather here at church, we gather not just for a great experience, a fun time, that somehow carries us forward through to the next Sunday. That's not the end. We're here in this series together. And I want to explore what it means to be sent together. To not just stay, but to see what's next. To move forward. 
Because we can come out of our individualism, our own individual activities and our own individual lives. And, and we can come together recognizing our call to be together, to be the church. And we can gather here on Sundays and we can gather in small groups as we've talked about. We can build friendships. We can practice vulnerability. These are all really, really good things. We can share meals. We can share hospitality, as Pastor Austin talked about last week. We can come together as the people of God. But it shouldn't just stay here on a Sunday morning. We're not called together just to be here for the sake of gathering right here at Pine Lake Covenant Church. We're not PLCC just here in the confines of this building, in these walls. We're called to be on mission for God, for the sake of the world, for the sake of our country, for the sake of our state, for the sake of our city, for the sake of Sammamish, for the sake of our neighborhoods, for the sake of our neighbors. We go to them. Now, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, slight introvert though, but a seven, and if you know sevens, I am all about confetti culture, like let's go, let's jump out there. So when I think of mission, I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's just drop some love bombs on some people, let's just get out there, We're, we'll, we'll skip the rest of the service, okay, let's go. But I need to dial back just a little bit. Before we jump ahead, before we jump ahead of even God, we need to back up and make sure we have this right frame, a right view of moving together in mission, together in mission. We want to make sure that we're like-minded, like-hearted. And I don't mean like my heart or Pastor Austin's heart or Pastor Mark's heart. I mean like God's heart. We need to get into his word and be one mind with him. So... Uh, today's passage is John 17, 20 through 26, and I'm going to read from the message. This is just such a really rich passage. There's a lot here, and it's uh, happening right before Jesus is going to be arrested. He's had a meal with his disciples. He's prayed for his disciples, and now he's going to pray for believers. So from the message and my water, he says, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them who you are and what you do, and continue to make it known, so that your love for me might be in them, exactly as I am in them. The word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father God, there's a lot in here, but Lord, we want to know you. We want to be one heart, one mind with you. So show us 
Open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts to receive your good word. And may the Holy Spirit speak to me, through me, to all of these people. Lord, you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, friends, there's a lot in this passage, and we're not going to be able to explore all of it today. But in the big context of being on mission, we need to see that that right view of who God is and what it really looks like to move together in mission. So as I was asking questions of this passage, the first question I might ask is, who are we on mission for? So Sunday school answer, if the kids were here, they'd be like, Jesus, Jesus, right? Next question might be, what do we do on mission? What are we doing on mission? Well, I'm sure we could think of some worthwhile causes. We can start thinking about other areas around town or Seattle. We can find some good things to do. And when are we on mission might be another question. So um, I'll check my calendar later. You check your calendar, and maybe next summer we can find a date that we can go do some mission work. Another question might be, how? How do we go on mission? I tell you, I can develop some really great ministry plans of how to do ministry. But those take us back, maybe even make us think of the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, there's all good things that are happening here, but I think we're starting with the wrong question. I think the better question to ask here is where does our mission come from? Where does it come from? Because if we get this in the wrong order, good work still will be done. We don't want to deny that. But is it God's work that's being done? Another way to think of this, those of you who have ran track in the past or track runners who may be here, when you're lining up in those blocks getting ready to race, they say, ready, set, go. Right? You get in the positions. I'm not going to model those for you right now. Sorry, not going to do that. But if they call those out of order, it would throw you for a loop, right? Imagine you're at the state championship race. You're ready to get in the blocks, and they call, ready, go. Wait, no, you didn't call, set. I wasn't prepared. You you threw me out of order, right? Or we can think in military terms when they, they call out, ready, aim, fire. Well, what if they called... Aim, ready, fire. Or fire, aim, ready. What? Something's going to go wrong, right? Because there's an order. There's an order. So if we're going to move in mission together and want it to be more than just a nice experience, we want to have the right understanding of where mission comes from. So we're going to look back here at the passage because we see mission all over here. Jesus is praying for those who will believe in him. He's praying for us, friends. And he says the goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. Give the godless world evidence that you've sent me. These disciples know that you sent me on this mission. We can see that God is ascending God. He's a God of mission. But this doesn't just start right here with this prayer that Jesus is offering when Jesus was on the earth. I love to teach with a timeline to get this big view of who God is. Creation, Jesus on earth, Jesus' return. So we're in there someplace way up here. But let's look deeper in this because this mission didn't just start right here when Jesus was on the earth. Let's look at who is sending out of this passage. 
It says the goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart and mind with us. They'll be unified and together as we are, I in them and you in me. Do you see and hear that Trinitarian language? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, me and you, us, together. Now, we don't have time today to dive way deep into Trinitarian theology, and I don't want you to fall asleep, so um, we're just going to look at some of the surface of this Trinitarian vision, but I want you to grasp that in this passage, and especially as it relates to mission. So the Trinity is this beautiful mystery, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, existing in three co-equal, co-eternal persons. And for many years, the relationship between Trinity and mission was related more to salvation that Jesus brought and the form and function act of the church. Mission was more related to that. So on that timeline, it was as if it started with Jesus But there was a movement in about the 50s looking at the Missio Dei, the mission of God, seeing that there was more than just when Jesus was here and calling the church to mission. We have a part in mission, and its source is the triune God himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who were together in community before even creation Before creation. Mission then is first and foremost an attribute of who God is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. An activity of who he is, central to who he is, more so than just an activity that we do. An extra thing we put on. Stick with me here because Trinity plus mission is this attribute that is essential and central to who God is. Mission didn't start with Jesus on earth, and it didn't start with the formation of the church and the call to go and make disciples, and it didn't start in the Old Testament when the temple was built, and it didn't start when Moses came down with the tablets and helped organize people into tribes, and it didn't start when Abraham was sent by God, and it didn't start when Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden. God is ascending God, but it started, his heart for mission started Back before even creation, when Father, Son, Holy Spirit were together. God was ascending God. And we see in our passage long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you. And these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. Father, Son, Holy Spirit sent Jesus. Jesus sent us. Before creation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're in perfect harmony, in perfect community, in perfect love, perfect relationship. They were together, the three of them, three in one. And from this perfect love, they send. From the perfect love, they send. We see it says that you sent me on this mission. The goal is for all of them to become one heart, one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart, one mind with us. Then they'll become mature in their oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you loved me. Friends, we're called into mission because it's the essence 
of who God is. It's not just something we do. It's not just something we add on to our lives. It's not just a noble human act. It's not just a random act of kindness that we fit into our schedule someplace. It's an outward movement beginning with God, beginning with love himself. It is a divine sending an eternal Trinitarian going. And because the Trinity is in relationship, is in love, is in community with one another, and sent to the world, we get to join God with the mission he is already on. We get to join God with his mission for the world. We are invited into love, into community, into mission, and we are sent to the world. We don't just gather here for a great experience, then go plan some random acts of kindness. Ministry, then, is not so much asking Christ to join us in our ministry as we offer him to others. Ministry is participating with God in his ongoing ministry as he offers himself to the world through us. Through us, friends. We are invited into this love, and we are sent in love. We go together in love. And friends, we may be carrying burdens that were never ours to carry. As we think about mission or or making plans or or serving people or feeling like it's something we ought to do, a good thing we ought to do, instead of following Christ, the leader, we wrongly assume this burden of leadership ourselves, this burden of ministry, this burden of mission. We take it on ourselves and try to fix it and form it and get it to work for our schedule and our good. No wonder... When we're going at it alone, we collapse under the weight of the stress and the pressure. We aren't meant to do this alone. When we think we need to figure out the next steps, the next plan, the next event, the next mission trip, the next outreach event, friends, it's not ours to plan. It's not ours. And somewhere along the way, we invite God into the process. We kind of get it backwards. Ready, set, go. Go, ready, set. It's not ours to plan the next big event apart from God. It's not ours to plan the next outreach apart from God. It's not ours. We're on mission together for the sake of the world, for the sake of the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our power. Because when we join God in his mission, we have access to his power. We have access to his love. We're invited into that community. So three things I want to leave you with today. Three things. Number one, you are beloved. You are beloved. God loves you so much. That Trinity relationship That love, that togetherness, loves you, knew you, created you, 
calls you unto themselves, loves you, and loves you so much. Number two, you were made for community because God doesn't want you to stay in your own individual experience, your own individual worship session, your own individual good project. God calls us to be together. He calls us to be the church. He calls us to community, to love one another, to care for one another, to help one another. He calls us together so we can practice grace and forgiveness, so we can practice love and kindness towards one another. But this isn't the end result. This isn't the end. Because number three, I realized I'm borrowing a mops theme. We go, comma, together. We go together. When we come out of our individual experiences and we join together as the people of God, as the church of God, in his strength, looking for him, for his mission, we go in his mission together. And then we come back together here on Sunday and we share our God sightings. We share where God has been at work throughout the week. We share the mission we have joined God in out there in the world. We come back in community to tell one another of the good that God has been doing in our lives and around us. We go together then back out into the world to share God's love, to share the good news of Jesus. And because of the essence of who God is and who he's made us to be, that means we need you. That means you are part of God's movement, part of God's heart from before even creation. You are part of this community, part of the church, part of the movement of God. We're so much better together, not just here in this space, not just here in our small groups, but we are better together when we listen for God's voice and when we move in the Spirit's power. Friends, pray with me, would you? Father God, we are grateful for the ways that you love us, the ways that you care for us. Lord, we are grateful for you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and grateful for the ways we can see you in community in this passage in our lives. And we're grateful that you don't leave us alone to figure this out on our own to do life alone. You call us to community. You call us to vulnerability. You call us to caring for one another, but we don't do it in our own strength, Lord. You call us to love out of your love. And you send us to the world on mission together, carrying the weight of that together in your power. Because as we join you, you carry it. You guide, you provide. So, Lord, where we need to reframe our thoughts, where we need to let go of our ways and ideas of how things should be, help us let to let go. Help us lean into your power. Help us trust in your love for us. So when you call, we go. Because we go in your power. And we go together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.